another episode of the YNK Podcast. Yeah! Ooh-wee! Give me a Cialis and call me Dwayne Johnson, because I'm rock hard for today's episode. We're getting a sneak peek inside the NBA bubble with our good friend who used to make it rain at Iowa State, but the storm moved over to Utah and he's the forward for the Jazz. Give it up for Mr. George Niang this week on the YNK Podcast. Georges, my brother, how are you, sir? I'm um, I'm I'm doing good, man. Doing great. It's it's been a wild last uh, fifty plus days, but it's uh it's been solid, man. I can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah. Definitely has brought some real perspective, you know, to my life for sure. Yeah. So you just say, is it been fifty days you've been in there? Man, uh, September seventh would make two months. So tomorrow's September first. So. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's fifty-five. Yeah, I mean, let's get right into it. What do you What do you think about when you say perspective? That's interesting. What has it done for your perspective? Uh you know, just how you know grateful I can be to you know be in a situation where, yeah, we have to wear a mask around here, but I get tested every day. I get my meals provided, you know, and then with all like social injustice and with COVID going on, like I wake up and. And put an orange thing in an orange thing for a living. Like, you know, it <laughs> has humbled me. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's like, it's the truth. It's like, damn, I really get to do what I love while all this is going on in the world and people really can't even see their family. You know what I mean? Crazy. It really does. It really does. It's been, I mean, we've had a, we've had an interesting, <laughs> it's been interesting for us because we're, you know, we're like the wild, wild west out here. So, but I've, we've had the same experience with perspective, just like, I literally got a tattoo right here. It's it's a de- it's a skeleton. I got it last night. It's a skeleton holding up a uh, a sign that says "Who cares?" <laughs> and it, and the and the idea is like all this shit that we really care about while we're alive, all this societal pressure and the things we actually like are giving a lot of our time and stressing us out. None of that. It's all trivial when 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 judgment day comes and and you know you're at the end of the line and you realize like a lot of that most of that stuff didn't matter so i'm on the same wave bro it's been a perspective shifting time for sure yeah no it's it's been wild and like another thing i can say on is like when you're not playing in front of fans like and you can just you're literally like in your own world though and it sounds like real like selfish to say because people are out in the real world like struggling but it's like i'm not listening to no negativity that you know it's coming my way like people who who think they can buy tickets to just scream at you on the sidelines. Like there's none of that. Like I want to say like you're in a good mental place, but obviously dudes like miss their family, their kids, girlfriends, right. wives. But it just like today, I literally was thinking about it, you know, before we had talked and uh, I was like, I'm not letting like any bad, vi- like having bad vibes in your life is a choice. And I'm not like letting any of that. In I love that. Out. When you talk about not playing in front of people, would you would you say it's like as a player? I mean, I, I'm sure you get this question a lot. You're talking about it in a positive way, like finding the bright side in it. W- overall, do you feel like you're having a better experience, or it's just because it's so different? It's like hard to compare. What, what, how would you rate it playing in? You know, obviously, when the NBA playoffs, like human beings are human beings. When you have thousands and thousands of people cheering you on or cheering against you, that energy is felt. You're in the same building. It could it could give you boosts of energy that you didn't even know you had, you know, when when you got so many people behind you pulling in one direction. So you lose that element. That was like kind of one of the main things I wanted to ask you is just like, you know, and the way you phrased it last is just kind of like, yo, I see the bright side in it. What's your overall like? How's it been? Uh, it, it's definitely different, man, because, you know, and obviously, you know, there's like natural energy, right? Like you can just feel like how momentum is like in a game. But the crazy part is like they try to pump in like, you know, fake like fake fan noise. And like, it's just not the same, you know, (laughs) you you don't really feel like pressured or like rushed or anything like that, because it goes to show you like fans in an arena really can like sway the outcome of a game with, you know, their energy and different things like that. Obviously, in the playoffs, like the magnitude of the moment, you know what you're getting into. So that's a lot different. But I think that's why you see a lot of these like performances. Like, you know, guys are walking out there like, all right, it's I don't have any nobody's really watching me because you don't really think about you're on TV while you're playing. You just think you're playing. And then you go from there and 
I think guys are having these crazy performances because they don't have to think about, you know, if I miss, where the fans going to be yelling? Because that's just not a thing. Right. Just unbothered. It feels like some guys are just unbothered out there. <laughs> Balling. Yeah. What up? And, like, you know, it's, like, if you're, if you're, a, like, you've played sports, like, when you're in a zone, yeah. like, you're in, you're in a zone. Like, and these are professional athletes. So, like, some of the most incredible humans there are. And when they're locked in, it's like, nah, I, I will hit, you know, 10 threes or, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just. That's an interesting point. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I feel like you are seeing some of those performances, though, where it's just, I mean, regardless now, you're, you're what, are, what do you have, one game left in this series? You guys up 3-2? 3-2 no, three, 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 or Game seven. Game seven game tomorrow. Game seven. Sheesh. Ooh, how are we feeling? How's the morale? The morale is solid. We were up uh, 3-1, uh, yeah. so, you know, right. Right. we had a, two chances at a closeout game, and now right. it's game seven. So it's, Here we go. Here we go. go home, you know? I wanted to uh I wanted to just touch on it before we got going any further. You're a dude who uh I wanted to have on the podcast. It sucks we have to, this is the first. I wanted to have you in person, obviously, but we will when we will. But uh people for the people who are, you know, not familiar with Georgia's Georgia's from the same area I'm from. But where exactly in Mass? Methuen, so like Lawrence, Lowell. Yep, yep. So right in the same 45 minutes from where I grew up. Um and I, I say that I include that only because it's just like you know it's it's a it's a small part you know where everyone grows up kind of feels small but like these are places that you don't necessarily when you have NBA dreams or MLB dreams uh, coming from these places really coming from anywhere it's it, it's such a far cry but coming from those types of neighborhoods and those places and and climbing that mountain getting to the NBA uh, for you you know it's 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 really fucking incredible to see what you've done. Because, I, I mean, I got familiar with you when you were at Iowa State. I didn't know you locally in the area. Um, but, you know, you can say, and you've said I've saw other podcasts you speak on. I mean, you're not the, you're not the typical NBA guy. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're kind of in-between-sized. You know, there's all these factors, and you've talked about it a bunch. But, like, when I, wanted, when I thought about this conversation, like, it's really it's it's where I wanted to start because it's it's an example of just like no matter what no matter what really the factors are and it, and it could be sports it could be you know what you want to do in your life it doesn't have to be occupational but these dreams and these aspirations and you know not necessarily having the best hands of cards but finding a way to get there and to excel and to do it I mean you're a guy I think of right away when I think of guys who just figured out a fucking way like me and music i had no fucking idea what i'm doing you know like there's there's guys who there's people who figure out a way to fucking figure it out you know and and when i think about you you're one of the first guys that pops in my head and i wanted to kind of I, I want you to touch on it kind of from your perspective but you've known that you've been stacked against those odds being you know maybe in between size for positions in the nba and people doubting or you know and just you navigating that um i'd love for you to just touch on it uh, and it's, it also, you could touch on the role that the the doubts played because I think that that's an interesting it's an interesting tidbit. I mean, for me, it was a huge part of the music thing. I remember it's weird because now when I look back, I'm like that's kind of a weird source of uh, motivation, you know, like even feeding into the negativity. But I remember kids in my hometown, and like it was so far fetched when I started rapping and making music. I really like a big part of it was like. Something inside me knew I could, but I was so pushed by those people like laughing when I left the room thinking, fuck that dude's, you know, he thinks he's going to be a rap, you know, like that type of shit. And uh, I love to know the role it played in you and just kind of touch on it. But yeah. No, definitely. You know, obviously, you know, you never know where life's going to take you. Um, but obviously I grew up loving playing basketball. And I think the ultimate dream is obviously to play in the NBA. You know, like you said, I, I, I'm not the tallest, I'm not the strongest, I don't have the best body, and I'm not the fastest. Um, but, you know, that's what kind of motivated me to prove to people, like, you know, why, why can't this be me? Because, you know, when you grow up where we've grown up, like, we didn't really have any, you didn't have a rapper or, you know what I mean, someone to look up to, to be like, oh, right. that's who I want to be like, where these other areas have, like, NBA players or musicians where they can be like, oh, I want to be like such, so it's like, Right. You really got to create your path and every obstacle that comes in your way, you really got to look at it as like, this is just another hump in the road that is like 
a part of my journey. Right. And I think I've just told no so many times as a young quarter that's like being cut from a team or you're never going to play division one. You're never going to get a scholarship. You're, once you get a scholarship, you're not going to make it to the NBA. It's like, all right, now what obstacles next? I got to keep pushing forward. Like, and it's crazy to say it. it may not come off and sound the best, but I had a trainer that told me like, whenever things get hard, just continue to keep eating shit, keep eating shit because mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel, like it's all going to be worth it. So whenever like, shit would get hard. And I think to myself, like, damn, like, cause everybody has those days. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. man, I don't really want to be doing this. Am I good enough to do this? And like, those are the days where you have like real growth, like the days where it's easy to wake up and it's like, Oh, I'm vibing. I'm making shots or I'm making beats or, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. This sounded good. Those are the, everybody can have those days, but it's like the real growth comes where it's like, fuck, like I'm in the studio till five, Not six off. in the morning and I can't get this hook. Right. Or, you know what I mean? I can't make this jumper or make this move. It's and spot those on. are when you actually show like real growth. And I think that's why not everyone is successful because everybody doesn't want to have to go through that shit. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and the people that are willing to are the special ones. I mean, obviously you're going to have your, you know, small percentage that are just naturally gifted and have it right. and like burn out. But it's like most of society just doesn't want to, get to that point where I I hate saying it, but like uncomfortable and, you know, struggle to reach what they really, cause they, they really don't want it that bad. Cause you know what it is. Like if you want something bad enough, it's going to be like, nah, I'm, I'm fucking getting it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think that's why me and you get along so well, because it's like, it's a respect thing because it's like, we both know how hard it is to come out of where we come from to be successful. And yet we see like the drive and grind, like to get us to where we want to be. Yeah, it's a fraternity when you come. <laughs> I feel like it's like an automatic. It's that one thing you, as you have success in anything and you get older and you kind of realize, you know, you realize what it takes. And then there's like, I call it a fraternity of like, where you kind of see when you see someone else having success and you might not even, you might not even necessarily be your cup of tea per se. You know what I mean? You don't even necessarily have to be a fan or a consumer of what that person does, but when you see the success, you know what comes with it. And you know, underneath whatever the persona or whatever it may be, when it comes down to it and the door was closed, they fucking did the work, you know, or there's something special about them. There's something, you know what I mean? So it's kind of that I look at guys and that's why I try to do with this podcast. It's just, everyone has their own version of this same story where it's like, yeah, bro, like (laughs) I have those days where I doubt what I'm doing. I have, you know, like there's, there's really not one person I've ever had a conversation with who doesn't kind of say the same version of that, where it's like, like if you never have those days where you have to push and knock the door, like if you have to push your way through the fucking crowd where it's a crowd, your mind's, your mind's crowded, the gym's crowded, whatever it may be. You know, I have, I feel like a lot of those points in my life, like some made me a way better version of myself, kind of exactly what you just said, where I was kind of, I look back at an older version of me that, hadn't really been through some of the stuff yet uh, as a younger kid. And I, it's like almost like a different person. You know, I didn't have those, I didn't have that experience and I had, I didn't have, honestly, it's like a wisdom that you get through experience, you know? And uh, obviously the, the journey that you've been on has, has been a long way. How old are you now? 27 or? Yeah. I'm 20, 27 years young. I'm catching you, man. I'm catching, catching up, you, bro. I don't know if you ever will, but we'll be close. <laughs> you've been uh like well just, let's go back to a little bit of our story you've been to what the mike stud era you were i want to say you've been to on I, I was heavily involved you were you were on stage probably four or five times i think i, I can think of right maybe, maybe more, more. Yeah. maybe yeah. yeah can't remember those nights a lot of good times <laughs> Some of the best nights. Can't remember, Steve. Uh, but we had a, uh, man, the first time in Iowa State. Uh, where, where, what is it? Was, was Des Moines? Des Moines. Des Moines. That, was, that, that was, was. That was one, like, that That doesn't, for whatever reason, like, it just stands out. I remembered it. Like, all these, I've played so many fucking shows in so many cities. Like, you know, just a lot of them blur together. When I think back now from this perspective, I, a lot of like I could just put like tours together and like oh I remember certain aspects. I remember that night fucking clear as day. Not the exact details, but I just that night like stands out as like a legendary <laughs> a legendary just it wasn't even that it was like it wasn't even that it was so crazy. We just went to some local bars. 
but we just had a fucking blast. <laughs> it it was it was a wild time, and I think the the dopest part is we just did normal people stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't anything like over the top or trying to be secluded. Like literally, you were hanging out with all your fans that were there. I mean, and then you just get to know how people are, right? Like Jerry's bossing people around. You know what I mean? Blues <laughs> getting lost somewhere. Kilmer's like running off. You see him on top of a bar, and you just like. You catch people's Foley's literally like saying two words in the corner, just vibing. Not much has changed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, man. I don't know. It's just it's just good energy. You know what I mean? And I think the older you get, you realize like what you're. I don't want to say attracted to, but what like yeah. you yeah. come across with. You're like, oh, I I can relate to that, and it's just good energy. But nah, that I thought I was doing it my sophomore year at Iowa State and then you know we came across path and I was like okay there's a whole new, like level to this there's le- there's levels to it man and I, and I and, and bro like uh sheesh I, what what year was that was that 20 that was 2014 2014 ooh that was the most you were right in the thick of it that was like when we were at our peak ratchet level <laughs> we were just so fresh Touring's borings comes out and you're like Dang, next time he comes to town, I got to get him to do that. You know what I mean? That was like, the whole culture, man. That was the whole culture. So the interesting part about what you were saying uh, about like flow state when you were talking about, you know, the guys who, you know, these are the best guys in the world playing. And when there's there's no, when you eliminate the distractions that is a crowd, like you talk about these guys getting in that flow state. That's kind of, I, I relate to that so much, but I was, that's kind of what, when I think about the music career and like touring, when you bring up touring's boring, like we weren't thinking about shit. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, it was small scale, but like we kind of came out of nowhere with it. But the whole reason, even up to this, to, up to this right now, like currently, not even a negative aspect of how I felt, or I just didn't feel like our business was anytime anything negative. When I look back, it was it was a little bit of like caring too much. You know what I mean? Being a little precious about it and like. When we did Touring's Boring or like any of the first ideas and all of our best ideas to this day, it's the ones you just like, they're flow state ideas. It's just something cool that happens organically. And people, I feel like people are attracted. You know, people are attracted to that energy. They might not even know it's subconscious, but they're like, I could tell how real and how organic this, this is. So it's X, you know, it's X, it's way more interesting and captivating, you know? Uh, and, and when I think of Touring's Boring, bro, like, we were just doing that as a fucking joke, you know? And it ended up, it really did kind of, it really did parlay into a TV show. That was how we got the TV show. And it parlayed into our shit actually getting bigger. Like people came to the shows, like you said, like, yo, I got to get on Touring's Boring. Like we got to do some shit and get on Touring's Boring. So it kind of made this whole brand, you know, crazy. You, you, you're a Touring's Boring uh, alumni. You've been on there. Just, just, just sprinkling in, in. not being too aggressive. Just, you know. Just, just, just in light, the cut. Light work, light work. Yo, exactly. The the best part though is y'all. I mean, obviously, I know as you as you get older, you I mean, you try to change up like you know how you attack life and, and yeah. how you do things. But like the way, like you, I don't know how I'm gonna try to explain it. But you guys lived life with no rules, right? So fun was like at a maximum, right? Mm-hmm. But you all had like morals where it's like, if someone crossed the line, it was like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, we're not right. doing that. Right. But like, we're not rejecting anybody's like vibe or what they're trying to do if it's different. But like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not crossing this line, but fun, there's going to be no rules and fun's going to be at a maximum. And <laughs> when I was, I was, I would say I was like 21 when we first met. I didn't really know that like it could really get to that point because you know your whole <laughs> life you're you're always following rules like there's always consequences yeah and it's like literally I saw and got to be a part of like some of the wildest shit <laughs> and, it, and it was just like yo like that's the vibe that I'm trying to be around and that's why anytime you came to town I was like say yeah. less I'm in there or you know what I mean or if I'm right. in LA I'm in I'm in a, I'm at a concert there it's just whatever it's just good energy, good people. And like you said, you know what I mean? Being in that zone and not caring. But the problem is, is people get lost, lost up in that. And I mean, obviously I've followed, you know, your podcast and what you talk about, you know, the shit you read and how you're not, not trying, you know what I mean? That's the one thing that I, you know, I, I 
thought deeply and I was like, that makes so much sense because literally the work that you've done before, like the moment comes, like you just got to let yourself go and be you because whatever is about to happen is about to happen. I love what you just said. I love what you just said because a lot of people, a lot of people like message me and like want to understand the don't try tattoo um, and what I mean by it. And what you just said is, is a part of my answer most of the time. It's about trusting in what you've done, trusting in what, what life has given you and what you've taken from life, you know, what you've get, gotten from life. And when the moment, you know, when the time comes, it's not time to try anymore. It's just time to do and be, you know? And uh, like, it was a, it's a Bukowski thing. I don't know if you're a Charles Bukowski guy, but on his tombstone, uh, he put the words, don't try. And a, a big, that kind of, that the undertone of the message from him was he had like a very hard life, uh, f like was ridiculed and had, you know, just, just a tough life, had tough social problems, like, you know, didn't have a lot of, a lot of friends and a lot of connections. He felt like things didn't go his way. He's a very talented writer, but no one, everyone just said no his entire life. I think he worked at the post office and his work got blew the fuck up and got huge as soon as he stopped trying he gave up he was like he was like 65 he just wrote just because he needed to write you know and it went to the fucking moon as soon as he stopped trying and he was the one that knew that like he knew you know you're the only one who really knows the intentions behind the things you do and he he was like oh that's literally when i stopped trying like i didn't i was no longer trying to make money off or trying to become successful as a writer i was just exercising my need to write and i when i heard that i was just like fuck man <laughs> you know and i connected with it so much because you know a lot of, a lot of it is how how this music shit happened i, I wasn't trying it just kind of it was really just going going with the flow you know and uh something a message i need like all my tattoos are just reminders to me so that's why i, I like i like like they all face me they're upside down a lot of them just so i could be reminded you know Literally, like most of my tattoos are upside down. Any athlete knows what I'm talking about, but it's, you know, when you're out on on the court, I'm sure you can resonate with that. When you're in flow and you're not thinking about things, you're not trying to do that. You're just kind of reacting and all that work, uh, you know, in the entire life, you've built that body of work. So it's ready, it's time to go. We'll be right back with You Never Know, You Know What I Mean, right after this urination break. Let's cut the shit. Now my whole life I thought to myself, why are there not products to pamper my package? But recently I have been enlightened, thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Now people always look at me when they see my dick and balls, they're like, John, how do you get such a tight shave? How do you get no rashes, no nicks on your dick and balls? And I tell all those guys the same thing, Manscaped. Now Manscaped sent me a nice little care package of the Lawnmower 3.0, hands down the best razor for your downstairs. They sent me some ball deodorant and they sent me some ball toner. Ever since then, my shit has been on point. On fleek even. We have a special offer for you. If you go to manscaped.com, use promo code YNK, you're gonna get 20% off and free shipping. So go to manscaped.com today, save your dick and balls, Use promo code YNK, you get 20% off and free shipping. Hand to gold, this is something you need. Gentlemen, this is something you need. Now, people are always asking me some crazy stuff, but the most common thing people ask me is, John, what are you listening to? Well, when I go on long walks around the neighborhood, I'm usually bumping a little T-Swift, maybe some Britney Spears, maybe some One Direction, maybe all three at the same damn time. But when I'm listening to them, I use my earbuds from Raycon. John Kilmer here with a fantastic new product. Now, I love my Raycon earbuds for several reasons. One, you're not breaking the bank. They are less than half the price of their competitors. I'm going to say that one more time so it sinks in. Half the price of their competitors. They got great bass. They, they have six hours of battery life. More importantly, they're founded by celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and most importantly, Ray J. Not only was he knocking sex tapes out of the park, his earbuds are dope too. So go to buyraycon.com slash YNK, you're gonna get 15% off your earbuds. 
That's buyraycon.com slash Y-N-K, 15% off these wireless earbud headphones. Get over there and get it done. Yo, yo quick, quick question though. I want you to like think back to you being an athlete yeah. and like, obviously I know you're like a competitive dude. Like, do you think you could do a like bubble situation here? Like, like say you like hum a fastball by someone's face, right? But you're staying in the same hotel. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's a whole different vibe. And I was thinking about it because me and Donovan Mitchell were talking mm-hmm. about it. Like so many crazy things have come about like this pandemic. Like we were talking about like Jack Harlow, right? Mm-hmm. Like has a hit, like what's popping, but doesn't even get to like have it in concert. You know what I, I mean? Know. Where it's like, yo, how do you like realistically like deal with it? I mean, like you put out, you know I mean? Two songs like, mm-hmm. and you don't even get to like, display them in front of fans. You know what I mean? I don't know when's the next time you're going to do like a concert, but I mean like that's on hold, bro. And and that like, that's one thing where I have sympathy for artists is like, cause that, that really makes guys, you know what I mean? Like you have that one song you get to do a concert and then fucking it just, Oh my God. Yeah, man. Like to be completely honest, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an outlier with the whole, like we, we've been talking about this a bunch, the music industry, has been turned kind of upside down through this because I think the typical percentage that most artists are receiving on on actual record royalties, which is like the income that your music generates um, through stream, through purchase, through syncs, whatever, right? You're getting around 15% or 18% of that income. So, you know, that could still be a, that could be a lot if you're doing massive numbers. But for a lot of artists, if they try two or three or four different campaigns and spend some money on you and then those records don't necessarily catch, there's like literally 35, 50 more artists they already have their eyes on or they're already signed that have already have a song. Like there's like 5,000 songs getting dropped a day. You know what I mean? So a lot of guys, it is going to be a very interesting time. I have my eye on the music industry, but I really like, it's really interesting timing for us because I'm kind of in the middle of, of doing one <laughs> i haven't i haven't actually inked the deal and i'm like thank fucking god because we can't tour until 2022 probably most likely like bigger shows aren't going to be i don't think they're going to be greenlit until 2022 that's what i would guess it's interesting because the timing of this man like very ironic to me very ironic i've held out for i've held out i don't believe in coincidences i've, I've literally held out for eight years and when i'm about to do a deal a lot of this deal was dependent on like the touring aspect of it. And uh, this happens and I'm just like, you know, in my universe, it's very ironic. And I'm like, mm. so, you know, I'm really, I really like, I don't even, I don't even know how we got here in this conversation. I think you had a question, but as far as like surviving uh, as a music, you know, as a musician and what this pandemic has done, like I started it with, and I'll go back to, I'm a bit of an outlier, one, because of the independent factor, but two, we do other business stuff. I, I like doing that. That shit, stay, that shit makes this all fun to me. You know what I mean? If I was just doing music and every day, like every, you know, like artists can get consumed by that and it can get, you know, it just can get weird. Like personally, it keeps the music fresh because I do the other stuff. You know what I mean? I, I don't have a burnt out vibe. It's actually really fun when I get in there. I have fun when I make music, you know? But it's not like an everyday, all-the-time thing that most artists, it's what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So when you take away the the chance to go out and fucking kill shows, when Jack Harlow has a hit song, he's probably been, you know, he's a young kid, but when when you get your first hits, it's a special time. Like, I've had a platinum song, but it wasn't a hit song. It got platinum over four four years, you know? Like, I can't even relate to what that feels like to just have a fucking smash, you know what I mean? Like an undisputed smash. As much as he can't be complaining and, like, he's got to be overall very excited and happy, it is a little bit of a raining on the parade situation where, like, he could really be parading around, getting the fucking bag, but also growing the song. As big as the song is... It just helps to go fucking crush it everywhere. And people are like, yo, that's the shit. You know what I mean? And that just, it helps elevate the song and the song success. But that's what people don't like understand. It's like, yeah, I should be happy that like everything is going well. But you know, like in this industry, like when you're hot, like you got to be like 
Like I need all, you know what I mean? Just like with an athlete. Cause it's totally, like, bro. I don't know how long these checks are going to be coming in. So when totally. I, the worst thing I hate is when people get on the internet and are like, I can't believe such and such left to go for this opportunity. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take the money and then go figure out how else we're going to make it work after that. Because I, talk about, I only yeah. have a small window. I talk about sports fans on, on this at a decent amount. It's fucking really weird to me. The way like sports fans and the way they ideologically like their concept like the concept of their relationship to the players is confusing to me there's like this weird entitlement and like the place i'm from the basketball team pays you millions of dollars so like i get to tell you how to live and think there's no way as a grown adult that you should feel the need or feel actually like feel like you can say that to another grown person that you don't really know you have no idea what they're going through personally but they have this like entitlement, like, oh, I hate the way he acts. Get rid of him. Oh, you know, like it's almost like the, there's um they feel like there there's leverage because you're paid a lot of money to do what you do, that they could say what they want. Like you don't even have feelings, or you know, you don't have real life human being like just existence issues. Like it's a there's there's everyone, and my point is. Everyone on earth knows those existence issues. Like when you get to a certain level in life or, you know, as things happen to you, you know, life has its challenges, no matter what the fuck you do or where you are. Like it's actually part of being alive. It's literally etched in like everybody, everyone has these paths that they need to go on and there's suffering and there's pain. And no matter what it might look like from someone else's perspective, everyone individually is going through that at certain phases. And it's hard for me to, understand people that like it's weird it's especially with athletes i went on a rant about this on a podcast a while ago it's just like i don't i don't get it you know and, and and it's hard for me to relate to i understand that there's a privilege they feel because you know you guys signed up for this you're public figures and you you know you get you're, you're so well paid uh and and from their perspective it's their right it's their like privilege to be able to like kind of look at y'all as commodities versus human beings you know it feels like they're looking at you guys they're like genuinely think you guys are commodities and expendable and exchangeable you know what is it like i mean do you guys i know you guys are all human beings but at a certain point and i'm sure you've reached it already like because you're a very level-headed guy i mean at a certain point like you just kind of have that awakening like for them to even feel like they can even weigh in on my life and say that like i know how far off or misguided they are so when do, you know when does it just completely like stop mattering because you're just so in tune with like the idea like the fact that they even have a say in this and they're they're saying this you know basically makes their makes their shit null and void you know what i mean yo but that's the tough part is because you have to walk a fine line right because you still want to have like fan engagement and feel yeah. like people feel like you care but you really can't give a fuck but the problem is is some athletes they're like super turned off by when you know what I mean? After they've been drilled by the media, said they ain't this, their name dragged through the mud, and they're like, all right, I'm not taking pictures anymore. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's how they cope with it, because it's like, if I can't really rock with you on that level, why am I going to open myself up? For, what am I opening myself up for? But then then again, then someone's like, well, he's an asshole, and then he's, and it just gets worse. So you have to, like, I don't, I don't know how else to put this, but, like, not give a fuck, but kind of give a fuck. You know what I mean? I Where it's saying. like, you know how you wake up in the morning and like, if you got to go do, you know, something that you don't really want to do, you got to put on that, you know, I don't want to say you do it because you're just like you all the fucking time. So there's never a time <laughs> that you're like, not you. but I mean, you got to go put on that fake smile or yeah. you know, do shit you don't want to have to do. Right, but right. I think it gets to a point where like you hit an all time low as like an athlete. Right. And then you see your name being like, get him the F out of here. And then you're just like, you get to a point where you're like, rock bottom is like, you've been there for long enough. Like, there's not a lower point where you're just like, you know what, F it. I'm going to do this and whatever comes of it, it can't be worse than where I'm at right now. Right. And it honestly happened to me, uh, you know, my after like my rookie year where it's like, yeah, like I got all this fame, but I wasn't playing. So it was like, why is he even here? He sucks. This, that, and the other. And I just felt like such like a loser. And like in my whole life, I've never that's so, that's felt so like interesting. this much of a loser. And I was just like, you know what? Like, if I'm gonna go out, 
I'm going to go out doing it my way. Like, at least I'm going to go out swinging with like some dignity. So it was literally, really I think I was probably like 20, 23 years old. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to do things my way. And if people don't like me, then they weren't meant to be around me. If they do, then you know what I mean? Fuck it. Right. That's the vibe that, you know, I'm going to be around. That's really cool. So you're in the, you're in the NBA, you achieve a dream. You're in the NBA. You just said, I felt like a fucking loser given the circumstances of how it played out. And I think that's so fucking, that's so interesting though. That aids the point we were just making about, you know, people not on people needing to kind of understand that the human element of this, like they probably never in a million years would think that, you know what I mean? That you're actually going through a fucking low point. You're in the NBA. They're looking at you as privileged or whatever, you know, however their outlook is. It's a, it's a really interesting, like it's a great little nutshell example of what we were just saying. You're in you know, you achieved a dream coming from a place that no one really does it. No one really does it from there, bro. Like, how many? How many from Mass? Not many. Man, all kids that I grew up with, like, there's, you know, like, three or four dudes that, like, I played, like, on the same AAU team are the only yeah. ones who are, you know what I mean, that are... Yeah, yeah, you have that little group. Was it Wayne? Is Wayne still in the league, Selden? Uh, he yeah he was just in the league. It was Wayne Selden, like Nerlens Noel is on uh, the Thunder. Yeah. Noah Vonley is on the uh, Denver Nuggets. Michael Carter Williams is on the Orlando Magic, and we all like yeah play, like grew up and played together. And it's like that little that little group. And yeah, the, yeah. The, the back to the back to the fan things. It's just they they feel like they don't know your journey, and they never will because they would have to go through something like as crazy as what we're going right. through but they honestly feel like and and you know because like i mean you started off in your dorm room you know doing this mm -hmm. and it's money can't be a band-aid you know for all like they think oh well he can't have emotional stress because he has all this money but realistically you know when it comes down to it like at some point you know you've made more money than you ever made in your life right Mm -hmm. But there's still things that you feel that money can't fucking fix. And totally. for people to say, just because you have money, like that should fix all these things. It, like, it will never make sense to me because after a while, my the way I look at money or $10 doesn't hold the same value the way you look at $10. So there's no way that it can heal how I feel. Yeah, and, right. and once people can understand that, like I'm more than just a jersey number. You know what I mean? Like I have a heart, a brain, a soul. You know what I mean? They just, I love they that. don't see it because that's all we portray on TV. You know what I mean? Right. That's a really fucking, uh, that's really cool. That's really well said. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the bubble. What the fuck is going on in there? What's it like? Ooh. I mean, this is, it's actually a good time for, you know what I mean? For us to talk about that. Uh, it was going great, man. I, I think when we first started, you know, the NBA players, when we all got on calls, it was really like, hey, like, let's go down there and finish the season. And, you know, obviously there were supposed to be percentage cuts and, you know, a lot of us were thinking, Hey, like, let's go play. Like as a fraternity, a lot of the older guys were like, Hey, let's go play, try to get a champion. But more importantly, like get these young guys who are on their first contracts, like their money, because we know that we're good with, you know, the big contracts that we've had in previous years, right, but right. these young guys are going to need this money. And, you know, the, the guys that did have bigger contracts would be like, hey, we're donating our contract for, you know, being down here to change. And I, I think as a collective group, we all like stood together and felt like we could really make some change coming down here with using our platform. And obviously, you know, like a couple of days ago, uh, we had a boycott. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, you, you know how it is. We didn't want, you know, our momentum to stop. And it felt like, you know, we were kind of getting tuned out. Um, and then what had happened in Kenosha, you know, Wisconsin yeah. with Jacob Blake, uh, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks kind of felt as if, you know, that they yeah. really needed to be the stamp on that. And, and I don't disagree with them. I mean, obviously none of us knew, right? Like I'm on a day off, I'm out at the pool, you know what I mean? Trying to get my mind off basketball. Mm -hmm. And then you're there with every team, right? It's kind of weird, right? You play them in a game and then you're at the pool, like doing recovery and you know what I mean? And you see all them. And someone was like, from the Raptors was like, Hey, Milwaukee isn't coming out. There's five minutes left on the clock. And I'm like, are they not about to play? They're like, well, I heard someone say something about it. And the dude in Toronto was like, I don't think we're going to play Boston tomorrow either. 
And then I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets like, are we about to play? I mean, we can't play. You know what I mean? And like, we all got to stick together in this. And um, I think we we got the owners on the phone and, you know, we got them all to open up each arena for for people to come in and vote. Because, you know, there's some precincts that, you know, are closed due to everything that's going on. And there's a bunch of other things with like police reform that we've got them, you know, to step up and and do. And I think it's it's pretty progressive. Um, that is so that's just one aspect of it you know i mean the next aspect is is basketball and hooping and you know being away from your family and fucking yeah. only having a handful of things to do like i don't even know what's going on in the real world because like yeah i don't know ignorance is a real thing but like i don't know how many much how many more covid cases there are because this is my life a hotel room and you know i mean Mickey Mouse and, and Disney down here in, in basketball. <laughs> Sheesh. Man, did you ever in a million, I mean, obviously never in a million years. But like, dude, I got to talk a little more about the uh, the element of like, we'll get to that. I want to get to kind of the more serious stuff too, because there's a lot. You guys are actually like, you know, as a sports fan and just as a guy who knows you guys, it's been pretty fucking dope to watch. Like the fact that NBA basketball players are able, you know, willing and able and actually successfully, you know, able to come together and actually put some form of political reform or some things in the right direction. You know, it's interesting. It's like kind of, I feel like we're going to look back on this year and these types of things as like a lot of it's history, you know what I mean? And it's, it's been interesting. I'd say you guys were probably the most active uh, by far actively kind of putting these things at the forefront and I want to say, was that like the first, was that the first forfeit? What is, I want to say, I, did I see it on SportsCenter? Was it the first forfeit ever? Just like a will. Is it? Is it? Yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, no, it, it was crazy, man. I mean, it was, it was real emotional too, because I mean, you yeah. know how it is, you know, me and you will never experience what it's like to be a, a black man and, yeah. and have to go what they've gone through, but we've had friends, you know what I mean? And like, absolutely. As, as, uh, as I'm hurt as, as someone on my team who's had to experience that is hurting and you care for them, you kind of feel the same way. And it's like, yeah, dang, how can I be better? How can I learn? How can I, you know, continue to help you out to make this world a better place? And like, like we talked about our journey is you just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing because, I mean, and I hear you talk about it or tweet about it all the time, but there's really ignorant people. And I heard you say on your podcast, but you're like, I will never understand how one being could see another being not being equal because of yeah. how they look. And, and and people don't really understand that. Like they re- like you really wake up and really think that you're better than someone because the color of your skin. And it's like, it, it baffles me. And, and hopefully we'll be able to see it through. We'll probably be old and gray, but fuck i mean where just people can just be happy generally happy for anybody else but then it goes back to like what we talked about earlier like i think just some people are so miserable in their own skin that they just have to take down someone else to make yeah. them feel like they actually are good enough yeah and and in that in that uh that that, uh, that was like an excerpt of a conversation we had about it and and part of that part of the message was like understanding that for those people to really believe that they've really been through some terrible programming. Like they obviously, you know, you don't pick your parents, you don't pick where you're born. You don't, you know, you don't pick the situations that you find yourself in a lot of times growing up, but for them to be programmed in such a way that they actually believe that it's like, you know, you have to go. I try to force myself to go back to that. Like, I'm very, very lucky and privileged to like be raised by people who taught me, taught me these things. And yes, you know, you can make, obviously you don't have to believe what your parents believe. And, you know, there's plenty of people who have, might have racist parents that, you know, find out as young adults that they can think for themselves and they can create, you know, they don't necessarily align with how their parents feel, but you know, even just the compassion, like as far as how you say we might be old and gray, I think it's going to take an incredible level of compassion to to like because think about it if two people really disagree and everyone's just arguing at each other 
Like it's what I see on Twitter every day. Like I try, I, I try to stay engaged because I want to be informed, but I also know how draining it is. And it's it, like what it does to my energy sometimes when I see all these terrible things and how we're in such disagreement with over over things that shouldn't be disagree, disagreed upon, you know? I think it's going to take an unbelievable amount of compassion to like go all the way back to the roots of like, it's going to take sitting down and like, I just don't, I don't know. You know, like you said, it's a, it's a day by day, <laughs> one step at a time journey. And you try to make the right, we try to help in any way we can. But for people right now, it feels like the trend is going the polar opposite way. Everyone's just arguing and weaponizing everything that happens against the other side. And, you know, it's very, it's sad to see. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have the answers. I wish I had the answers as far as how, how it could be fixed and just taken down to like, I just want to write, I would just want to write in wrong morality scale to be fairly in tune. That's all I'm asking. Like we don't, we can totally disagree on a lot of things, but just like the essence of what's right and what's wrong, you know? And, you feel like most people should have it, but I feel like these times have just brought out the worst of it. You know what I mean? People are so, so also election. It's a very pivotal time, you know, but it's bringing out, it's bringing out the worst in those arguments. And it's, it's tough to watch, honestly, it's scary. Yeah, no, to be honest with you, I, I've really had like a come to Jesus with, with myself. And it, I don't want to try to change anybody's mind Right, right. Set in ways, it's more or less. I just want to help help kids realize that one, you can be whatever you want to be, and just treat people the right way, no matter if they're white, purple, black, brown, green, yellow. Right, like, right. and the way I, I feel like what made me I don't want to say not see color because I don't know the proper way to you know if that offends anybody, but yeah. the way I feel like I treat everybody equal was like sports. I mean, yeah. like, how many baseball teams have you played on where it's been like? There's been a Spanish person. There's been a Chinese person. There's been an Asian person. There's been a black person. Of course, it's just like we don't we don't see the differences in looks because we're all speaking the same language. Like we're all speaking like sports. We're all speaking like baseball. We're all speaking bass. Like right, right. and that's the that's the beauty of it. Like I may not go home and have the same views as you, but for that time being, like we're intertwined because we have that same thing that we're like in tune with. And at the end of the day the one thing every person should be in tune with is that we are all fucking human. And and that should be the one thing that intertwines us. And I mean, it, like you said, some days I'm like, man, we're getting somewhere. And other days I'm like, we're so far off. And like we talked about before, I'm in the bubble where like I can only go off what I see on Twitter or what pops up first on my MSNBC when I open up my, you know, my Safari on, on my laptop. Right. And it's like, I also, I kind of feel like a shithead because it's like, all this is going on and I'm here, you know, living this crazy, you know what I mean? Like, like literally in a bubble, like people talk about you're living in your own world in a bubble. Like, that's what I'm really fucking doing. Like, I don't know like <laughs> what's going on. I haven't driven a car in 50 plus days. I haven't, you know what I mean? Gone and used real money. Like we have these like little, I don't know, what are these called? These little like Mickey Mickey Mouse bands where like literally just charge everything. To, like, it's like college like, all over again, bro. It's like college. Yeah, it's like, and I feel terrible about it, but it's like, yeah, there's no amount of money in the world like that, you know what I mean, that can do anything for you in here because we're stuck in the bubble. Like whether if you have a hundred million or a million or a thousand, it doesn't do anything for you in here because everything is just one. That's really interesting. You guys got like, yeah, you're, you're in the same fucking, you know, you're in the same facility as LeBron and the guys who have made, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars and these long careers. There's, there's a level of luxury um, that some of those guys are at where their life is just so unbelievably regimented and carved out and their vibe is set to maximum level because they have all these things in place. They're in routine and they have the money and the access to whatever they want. So that type of shit puts you in a fucking vibe. Like for me, with music, like when I'm in, when I'm on a certain mood, you know, where I like the way things are going and everything's in flow and I have 
everything, the abundance of whatever I need, you know, and wherever, in a nice place with a nice view. Like, I know the mood. I'm ready to make music. I'm excited. Like, that's a lot of times I'm most excited to create ideas, you know? And that's an energy that's, that, that, you know, is acquired is the right way of putting it. It's like acquired through this lifestyle that you've established. And it's interesting. It's completely taken off the board. You guys are all exactly on a level playing field to a certain extent, right? Like it's, it's more or less crazy to think about, you know, cause those guys, I wonder if those guys have felt even, you know, if, if you ask them to check in, they might not be thinking about it consciously. If they checked into that though, I wonder if it's impacted their mood and their, you know, like it, when you take them out of that routine, you take them out of that luxury and you're kind of back on like college campus, you know? But you know, what's actually been the surprising thing. Like we have like an area where we can all hang out like as players. And all the dudes that are like high level, like, you know, you'd consider like upper echelon, like yeah. they've been like super like down to earth, like super good dudes. Like I'll use Kyle Lowry as an example, right? Like mm -hmm. known as like a pit bull in this league, right? Point guard for the Toronto yep. Raptors. Like known as just being like a dude that's like, you know, gritty tough from Philly. Like, you know what I mean? Could rub you the wrong way, but like just super great dude, like welcoming, like he likes to golf. I like to golf, you know, just like super humble and like super outgoing, you know what I mean? And like, then you have guys like, you know, Kawhi Leonard that, you know what I mean? Like you haven't heard say more than a couple words, but like can open up behind closed doors, you know what I mean? And it's just yeah, like, yeah. it's been super cool. And like the even playing field is, I think that's as a, as someone that has, you know, come from, you know, I mean, nothing and then made it to a point where people think you're, you know, a celebrity or a, a D-list celebrity for me. Um, <laughs> you just want to be treated like treated like a a normal, uh, a normal person. You know what I mean? Because that's really all that has ever mattered. Like, yeah, that, that shit is always great. It's enhanced my life. But um, I'm a normal dude. I go to Applebee's. <laughs> I love that reference. I bet I bet a lot of the fans listening don't even get that reference. Yeah, uh, yeah. OG Steve right here. I've totally feel you, bro. It's uh you're a part of history. It's an interesting it's an interesting thing. It's really an interesting thing. I, what else like has there been hey Steve, bubble wise, I just has there been um beefs that have like or tension that's crossed is it is it like a is it tough uh being in such close quarters with the guys you're competing at right now, like competing against? Yo, low key. Uh, it hasn't. Cause I don't think anybody's taken it there. Cause uh, I think we all realize, you know, some right. things are just bigger than, you know what I mean? Like it's a game we get paid really well. Like we may hate each other, but there's no need for you to start like having right. brawls in the hotel lobby. Right. But one I was nervous about was the, the Luca Marcus Morris one where he like socked him in the face. Yeah, he didn't like that one. And I was like, that's one of those dudes where I'm like, I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, if the, that's gonna shake out. He's, <laughs> uh, he's like, I mean, you're, you're you're walking around here and like you don't have security around you. Like it's your hotel. Like you may walk from your team's meal room to your room and like another team may be coming from practice and you just yeah. And it's yeah. I mean. I can't imagine that happening because there'd be some repercussions, like severe ones. Right. But uh, it's crazy. I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's like I'm never uh, – it, it'd be like if you were in the bubble with like huh, Hoodie Allen. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would body slam his ass night one. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's, what I, that's what I mean, man. It's like you're never escaping like the – the industry, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I can't go home and like vibe out with my people. Like, um, like someone got on me the other day. They were like, you're always on your phone. And I'm like, to be honest with you, it's the only thing that gives me a break from wake from looking up and seeing someone that's in like the basketball industry. It's like, I can be watching cartoons and be like engulfed and like yeah, wrapped yeah. up in that and not have to think about basketball. Cause as soon as I pick up my head and it's like friggin' Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. It's like God. Like I can't escape yeah. like the basketball ever. Are you? Uh, you're saying you're on your phone. What? What's the main? What are, what are you doing to get by in there? Golf. You said is golf your main hobby? You picking up? Yeah, golf. Um, 
there's bowling. I've actually, you know, really just, uh, I've started my own like podcast, but I've been like listening I've to seen. other people ones. I've seen. You got to have me on, man. I'm I'm just trying to catch up, man. <laughs> hey, you're already doing well, man. What, what is the what's the minivan thing? Is it called minivan? Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. is that your you nickname? Drive, the driving dish, but the one I just started is called uh, cruise control. But uh, the minivan is actually funny because I when I wasn't playing originally, like in my first part we were up like 20 against the Brooklyn Nets and I got in and had a chance to like go up and dunk it. And I like literally <laughs> like rim graze, like laid it in and everybody was like geeking on me in the locker room. And I was, and they were like, why didn't you dunk it? And I was like, listen, like, I know you guys are all Ferrari engines. I'm more like a minivan. I need a couple laps around the block. before I get like that. I love that. We're going to send you a T though. Send me the cruise, uh, the cruise sizes. I'll send out a care package out there. Come on, bro. Of course. I'm going to say, I got to send you a bunch of our shit too. Stevenson Ranch. Stevenson Ranch is, is that still in or what? Yeah, of course. Running it all up. I got, we got a bunch of new shit. I'll send you, I'll send you a big box. I plan, I plan, I'm going to send it to the bubble. I plan on you guys being in there next week. Say less. I'm in here. My brother. Um, I appreciate you doing this. We have to do one in person when we get, when, when we're capable. Technically we can, we have a guy that can come that can uh, like just do on site. I mean, the same shit you're getting, you know, like just tested. So we could do, we could do shit in person. But I'd love to have you on more. I want to have you on uh, and kind of go through your story a little bit more when it's, when the time's right. Are you gonna be? Uh, are you gonna be? You you come out to California a decent amount, right? Right. Off season. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be out there all fall, man. So amazing. You'll be sick of me by the time I get out there. Oh fuck, we're not even gonna be here. Oh fuck, I didn't even tell you. Yeah, we're moving, bro. We're gonna move. I'm not, so I'm moving to Nashville, but I'm I'm taking this. I want to take a long way. So I want to like I'd like to go. I just looked at the, this as like an opportunity. Like we've lived in LA for five, almost six years, and we want we've been talking about Nashville, but I'd never. I don't think I'll ever have another window in my life where like I can go live in a bunch of places. Like the world's kind of on pause. You know, like I have a lot of places I like to like live for a little while. So we're going to go, uh, one of them makes sense because we're doing some stuff with Johnny. He lives in Scottsdale, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Um, yeah. We want to do Scottsdale, probably Montana. I want to do like a lake house in Montana. I want maybe Colorado, um, you know, maybe one other, and then we'll land in Nashville. But yeah, man, it's just that time. I want to I wanna go like experience some new shit, and, and, and it's really fucking easy for us to like move our studio around. Like it's really easy. So like it doesn't, we're not tied to one place. I just want to take advantage of it. Like I feel like we'll never really, this is the window to do it. And I was thinking on it for a while and we were thinking on it for a while and it just just felt right. So we pulled the trigger. We're, we're, we're going to be moving out of here in like a month. And then uh, we'll go to Scottsdale for like two months or so. And then we'll just start rocking. Hey, uh, you could you can meet me in Old Town. I could I could I could make an appearance down in Scottsdale. Might need you. You gotta pull up to the crib. We're getting a crazy spot in Scottsdale. You gotta pull up. Oh, for sure. You are. It's been ready. too long, my guy. When's the last time we linked in person? It's been a little while. Man, the last time I saw you was Miami, but like right before Christmas, and then before that. Dang, man, it's it's been it's been uh no, I think I stopped by the 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 new house. I stopped by the new house that summer. Yeah, so it's been at least a couple of years. Yo, I I got the craziest story, right? So my agent has been on my ass, like, yo, I need you to send me one of your jerseys, da 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 da. And he lives in LA, right? And he somehow ended up at your house at an after after hours party, right? And sends me a picture. He was like, You asshole. He was like, Mike got a Mike has a fucking jersey before I do. Like you're fucking dead. This is how it goes, bro. He was he wasn't with us shooting it. He wasn't with us at Iowa State fucking ransacking ransacking the bars. <laughs> we fucking just ransacked those places. Uh, oh man. Tour bus was a movie. But anyway, that that's for another podcast. That that's a whole other podcast, whole different genre of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my dog i appreciate you bro i appreciate you appreciate you guys much love man for real i'm real 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 happy for you sir I'm, it's great to watch honestly it's you're gonna do great things but i'm just 
I'm happy for you. Enjoy the moment, sir. Even this fucked up weird bubble shit, you're going to remember this forever, you know? So it's just like, enjoy, enjoy the moments. Sure. I know you are. I know you are, sir. My dog, cheers. cheers. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. And when you get out of there, uh, let's organize a link up. Maybe it's Scottsdale. Say less. Say less. All right, my dog. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. Later, bro. Later.